Welcome to the Love is Coming podcast, the must-listen show for single women struggling to attain or sustain a romantic relationship. I'm your host, Persia Lawson, author, speaker, and according to the Times Magazine, one of the UK's most successful love coaches. Before that, I was a serial cheat and obsessive love addict, but I'm now a bride-to-be and in the best relationship of my life. So, If you're trying to do the work on your love life, you are definitely in the right place. But here on the Love is Coming podcast, we serve your education with a side of entertainment. Expect serious stuff talked about not so seriously, solo agony on episodes with yours truly, and guest episodes showcasing some of the best in the biz in ways you've never seen them before. So, got a dating dilemma? Swiping right but haven't yet found Mr. Right? then let's get raw, real, and a little bit inappropriate because love is coming for you, baby, in more ways than one. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I am very excited to be interviewing not one, but two people today. We have Melissa, who is a business development manager, and Ollie, her partner, who is an online fitness coach and mental health advocate. Now, the reason I'm interviewing this wonderful couple, I'm very excited to hear all their juicy nuggets, but Melissa actually joined my uh, flagship program, Get Your Soulmate, in November 2020. And um, we met this September 2021 at a picnic I was hosting for my clients. And I heard about what had been going on in her love life since she joined GYS, which was just music to my ears and made me very excited. And then I just basically cornered her and said, you you must come on my podcast and you must come on with your lovely boyfriend, Ollie, who I started following very promptly on Instagram after that picnic. So firstly, hi guys, welcome to the show. How are you both doing? Hi, yeah, very good. Thank you. And you, Ollie? Yeah, lovely. Thank you. I had a good day today, so it's all good. Marvellous. What did you get up to today? Um, I have done a bit of work. I went to the gym and then I've come to Melissa's to record this. So quite chilled, but it's always good to do things for yourself, isn't it? So it is indeed. It is indeed. Well, I'm very, um, I'm looking forward to kind of getting to know you both more. I always find that when I interview people on podcasts, like I like to get pressing record quite soon because what often happens, what used to happen is I'd get talking to them and we'd be talking for like half an hour and and I, and it's like such juicy, interesting stuff that we, you know, everyone would have probably loved to hear it. So that's why we're diving straight in and I'm getting to know you during the interview itself. Okay, so the way I think I want to do this is I want to sort of hear from you both individually about what was going on for you and your your sort of personal stories before we hear the story of how you met, which I kind of want you to sort of tell together, which is it's always quite interesting to ask a couple to tell the story of how they met. And it's just you just see them finishing <laughs> each other's sentences, etc. So so Melissa, let's start with you. So you shared some, when we were at the picnic, you shared some of your story with me. You've got a really mm-hmm. interesting story. So can you just share, like, what what led you, what was your, what led you to sign up for Get Your Soulmate in the first place? What's your backstory around relationships? Um, oh. <laughs> the, um, oh, what backstory of relationships, the short story is that um, I wasn't very good at them, but that's not, that's not really what led me to you. And um, what, what I, how I came to follow you and hear about what you did and everything else was actually nothing to do with wanting to be in a relationship. It was kind of more 
very much that um, I had realised that there was a pattern of behaviour in my life. I think probably when I turned 30 was quite pivotal and I realised that I was doing quite a lot of the same things over and over again and um, I now know what I was being was love avoidant, didn't know what that meant before I did GYS and then carried on to learn from there. But um, you and your story interested me because you were very open about having parents who had recovered or in recovery from addiction. And you talked really openly um, on a podcast that I listened to about how that affected you and how you behaved in relationships. Um, I kind of made a connection myself to like similar to um like things that I'd been exposed to and like had made me behave like that, but not 100%. Um, and a lot of what you shared, I really respected how honest you were, but really related with your story as well about um, being drawn to chaos without realising it and everything else. And I actually thought, I think it's about time, like this is something that I need to have a look at myself. So really, I knew that there was some stuff that needed to be addressed, but it wasn't oh, okay, I want to do this course. In fact, the fact that the course was called Get Your Soulmate was actually the thing that put me off because I thought, well, <laughs> I know, I, the irony, isn't it? I know, but I thought, well, I get it, but that's not why I want to do it. I want to do it because I know there's some stuff within me that I need to address and resolve and stop doing. And then the irony of that is that um, I, I'm, I'm glad I did, so I toyed with it for a while. Obviously, I joined in November, I absolutely loved it. Um, and as soon as I'd finished the course, this happened. <laughs> <laughs> that exactly what you kind of not didn't want to, but you were, that's not what you were there for. I'm interested yeah. to know, had you done any work on yourself prior to doing GYS? Um, I had done some interesting reading and started to look at some things. The first book that um, I read again, which I know you talk about a lot, was Women Who Love Too Much. That's how mm. it started. I was probably about 25, 26 when I read that and like really just could not believe it, like really hit home and then kind of carried on a little bit of learning from that point of view, kind of dipped into spirituality and learning about that. But um, And then um, the year, the, I know, the same, the same year that I did um, GYS, I did um, Regina Thomas Shower's course as well. Mm. Um, so uh, Mama Gina who wrote the book Pussy yeah. I did her course the same year as well which is um, appealed to me for the same reasons because that's very much to do with um, inner work and connecting with your femininity and stuff like that but um, so that kind of set me on the course and that was really interesting but this is much more focused on looking inwards and at your behaviours and things like that so yeah that's um, that is that was really extreme so interesting and I absolutely love her and loved everything I learned but um yeah kind of that even more so made me realize there's probably some more stuff I needed to look at mm-hmm. um through doing the process of GYS obviously it's just it's eight weeks it's very intensive and you're yeah. doing it over the Christmas period as well which obviously mm-hmm. last year was quite a strange Christmas for all of us mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure this year we'll be relatively strange as well but we'll see we're kind of normalized to it now but what what was it that was the most impactful or the biggest benefit or the biggest thing that you learned from that experience um I think the most it's probably two slightly there's two so I think the most impactful for me was um so the part of the course where you looked at um I don't know how much detail you want me to go into here but sort of um establishing 
patterns of behaviour in previous relationships and tracing that back to um, traits from parents. That was such a big eye-opener for me because I think, honestly, that's the first time I ever looked at past relationships and things. And rather than thinking, I haven't got the best taste, I've kind of... um, no that that's not very nice to say <laughs> I, I'll say yeah I, but very much I went into this thinking oh I just pick the same person who's bad for me over mm-hmm. and over again and kind of like even that in itself I didn't realize it's kind of like victim mentality looking mm-hmm. at that and seeing the same things over and over again kind of flipping it and thinking actually I didn't mean to but I wasn't very nice when I did that either that was really empowering for me because I thought well that's good because that bit I can identify and I can change so that was really really big um taking responsibility for the fact there was a lot that I needed to change mm-hmm. um but the, the um the really big thing for me is that um developing a better understanding of the concept of higher power and surrendering and handing over because um that's been the biggest change for me is stop thinking that I have to be in control of everyone and everything mm-hmm. and that's been like really that's been really good I mean I'm not suggesting that I don't still have to check myself and do things but I think that was a big area for me that was very very beneficial Mm, and just for anyone listening who is like what are you talking about higher power (laughs) so so the first thing you were saying there Melissa is, is essentially it's the early few modules of the program and we look at the subconscious patterns that are going on within you that you don't know, otherwise known as blind spots, because, you know, a lot of the time we're, when it comes to dating or or anything in life, we want to change and transform. We're led to look at the stuff that we can see and, you know, mindset work really important, but that alone doesn't do enough because there's stuff that's going on underneath that is always, always linked somehow back to childhood Um, And trauma that we went through, sometimes we don't even realize we went through because we've repressed it and looking at all those patterns. And when you can bring that stuff out to light, that is the stuff that has been blocking you that you don't even realize. And um, that for me was also the most transformational because I could see that I was making certain mistakes in my love life and I tried to stop them, but I just kept repeating them because I wasn't clear on what was the reason, the deeper reason as to why I was repeating those patterns. So that's what you're talking about there. And, and also, as you know, you know, the program is actually very spiritual in nature, but I wanted to create it in a way that wasn't like super woo. We wanted it to be like, you know, meet me where I was at in my mid twenties when I started this work. And it was, so it's very much layman's terms, but it's, it's essentially focused on your relationship with yourself. And yeah, we look a lot about at the, what you were talking about there, Melissa, like the controlling and, you know, this is something we all do in our love life. We try and manipulate and we try and present ourselves in a certain way. We try and get that person to see us um, or to show up for us in a certain way. And it's exhausting and it doesn't work as we all well know. And yet that's kind of the what we are taught in our society. That's how you win at dating by essentially manipulation. That is often what we are we are taught. So um, thank you so much for sharing that. I'm now very interested to hear about your story, Ollie. Like, what is your background, particularly with regards to relationships, up to the point of meeting Melissa? Well, <clears throat> it's funny that you just mentioned all those kind of traits of controlling and um, wanting to manipulate people and everything like that, because 
even though I've had relationships in the past, it was only two years ago where I got honest with myself and I'm an alcoholic in recovery. So I work a 12-step program and in that I have to look at myself and kind of the defects of character and everything like that. So and surrender to a higher power more than <laughs> more than anything. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the similarities in the work that we've both done have come out and mm-hmm. but in the past I thought as well that I was right all the time. Um, it was everybody else that was wrong. And I also thought a lot that like life was unfair and I got an unfair stick kind of thing. But really with doing work into myself, I realized that I wasn't so perfect after all. Um, I kind of used my ego a lot to get me through situations and with like mental health, I didn't realize I was suffering with quite bad mental health in all the relationships I've been with. In fact, at points in my life, I thought mental health was weakness. Mm. And it's only till accepting that there was something wrong with me that I looked back into my relationships and thought, oh yeah, I was I was just using <laughs> effectively. So yeah, my relationship record is pretty up and down with well more down because I was single but until I met Melissa I told myself that I didn't want to date anyone either so when we started messaging I was in a position where I wasn't going to date anyone till Easter and we started messaging in January so that went out the window as well so (laughs) so yeah it's, um, it's just funny how things line up really and kind of work that we both put in has kind of come out really well and got to know ourselves before we get to know someone else I think that's the main main bit yeah that's a very crucial thing that you mentioned Ollie this is um what I always talk about with clients like I have a lot of it's so funny I have a lot of women who'll come to you get your summary and obviously they've seen on the enrollment page these like insane testimonials of people meeting the love of their life getting married kids all of it and, you know, I get it. There was a time where that's exactly why I would have come and wanted want to see the program. It's like, I'm going to give you this money and show up and do what you tell me to do, but I better get this at the end of it. And as you guys both have learned, it's like, actually, this is a, it's about your relationship with you. And it's about surrendering and trusting that that romantic relationship will show up when the time is right. And it's never on our timeline. In both of your cases, quite rare, it's actually before you wanted it to. And I I actually do see that quite a lot. And I think the reason is, it's because both of you were making the commitment to yourself above the romantic Mm -hmm. commitment. So like, I obviously, I have a lot of suggestions while people do GYS. It's, It's eight weeks. It's very intensive. It's very immersive. But I, you know, I say make for this, it's a short period of time, make this your number one priority because you're investing in yourself, time, money, and energy, like show up for yourself. And when you do that, that's when the most insane results happen. So I'm interested, Ollie, like, what do you think, like a lot of the women who come to the program, one of the things that they will all say, literally every single one of them say, I keep attracting emotionally unavailable men. What do you think that's about? Would you say that you were emotionally unavailable back in the day? And what did that look like? And why did you think that you were? 
Um, I'd say yes, I was definitely emotionally unavailable because I didn't know how to show emotion more than anything. And like now, I still don't know how to deal with some emotions um, just because I've never dealt with them. In the past, I used to use and I used to drink and take drugs to deal with my, to black out my emotions. Mm -hmm. So I think growing up as a like guy, you just, you just get told to get on with it. And that's kind of it. And as men, that's what we think we need to do. And there's something powerful kind of happened when I entered recovery and I saw grown men that have got all these different backstories. I mean, I thought I was a bit of a saint compared to some of the stories I heard. And they're all talking about their emotions. And I was, at the start, I was like, you what? Like, <laughs> like seeing full grown men cry and stuff like that. It was just, it was just totally new to me. Mm. So, yes, I was emotionally unavailable, but it's simply because I didn't know how to deal with my emotions. And the way I was dealing with my emotions was through alcohol and some recreational drugs but as soon as I took those drugs away I was then flying with emotion that I'd never felt before so even like now it's kind of we have to talk quite a lot in our relationship because I don't have to deal with some kind of emotions and I I still have I still go quiet and by myself and I think that's just because I'm I'm still processing how to deal with things. Mm. Um, so I don't know, really. I don't know. I don't know what kind of how to get a person to uh, how to get another man to be emotionally available. It's like it took a lot for me to. Well, it took me to dark depths mm -hmm. before I had to start talking about my emotions. But it's probably the most powerful thing that I can do now. Mm -hmm. Um, even though now that I talk about my emotions, doesn't mean I understand them. I just get good at talking about them. Mm. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, like, it's, it's interesting you say. So my dad's also in AA and I used to go with him and my ex-boyfriend to AA, not because I'm an alcoholic, just because I loved hearing the stories. Like, I'm not sure you're supposed to do that. But I mean, I'm in Al-Anon, so I thought it was okay. But it, it really fascinating, like you said, to hear men in a way you've never heard them because it's such a safe space. And I, and I always, you know, again, a lot of women will come to me and, and this is their truth in that moment is they see themselves as victims of men who are emotionally unavailable and who ghost them and who mess them around. And the first thing I say is, okay, well, number one, you've got to look at why you've allowed yourself to be treated like that because you have not had a voice. You've not had boundaries, blah, 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 blah. But also you know, we need to have compassion for men because men are not encouraged to, like you said, like to talk about their emotions, to express themselves. And then suddenly us women are like demanding it in a relationship. But, you know, I, and I'm sure I'm not the only woman who said who's experienced this, but I've had times where I've had a partner or even seen my dad, you know, very rarely, but, but cry. And it's, it's really uncomfortable because we're so not used to it. And so actually women don't know how to manage a man's emotions without sort of becoming the mother. And then we don't want to do that. And it's, it's it, you know, it's really challenging. Relationships are challenging. And I don't know why anyone thinks, or how I, certainly how I ever thought, given like my bloody past, um, how we just think we'll naturally be able to do them. 
You know, we understand that if we want to play a sport to a reasonable degree, we're going to have to practice and learn the sport. We can't just turn up on game day and expect to like have it out the bat. And yet with relationships, we just all kind of think we're entitled to have a great relationship without doing any work on ourselves and any kind of work around the skill set. And that's largely why, why I created Get Your Soulmate so that we can take responsibility for how we're showing up. Um, I Okay, so I'd love to switch gears and I would love to hear how you guys met. <laughs> the only reason you're saying that is because he tells a very different, very ego-inflated version of events as to what I want to hear it from both of you. I want to hear both of your perspectives because it's always really interesting, like when I hear Joe telling the story of how we met and I'm like, that's not how it went down, but that's not <laughs> how we saw it. <laughs> Okay, Melissa can go first and I'll come in with my version of that. Okay. <laughs> okay, so um, I guess it, it started, I didn't realise it started, but literally as I finished um, GYS and um, I took your advice completely. I mean, I, I'd had a little like tint on, uh, stint on apps um, in 2020, but I'd never really massively been like one of those people that was on and up apps all the time I never liked dating I hated dating and I always said I didn't want a boyfriend so for that reason I kind of got pushed into doing it a couple of times but I was never like prevalent on apps or did a lot of dating but I did um delete them all at the start of the program and um um in oh, I forget which one if whether it's five or six but the latter part of the program when I did my plan to myself I pledged like I was going to not even think about anything to do with dating until at least April this year which was like my birthday's in April I had lots of happening I thought right I'm just going to do like four months of continuing all of this work and everything else and then go from there so uh, that was my plan it was all written and then um, I carried on all of my daily practice so I loved the like meditation and journaling has really helped me and I still do it every day now so I carried on doing that every day things really liked that but um like my eyes have been really open to like signs and synchronicities and we had we met each other on a dating app two years prior to this so when I turned 30 um I think when I look back now honestly it was the pressure of people kept saying to me you're 30 you know you need to you need to step you know settle down you can't do everything on your own you need to meet someone so that was my first experience of dating apps when I was 30 and um I wasn't on them for very long I did a job that was really busy I like my heart wasn't really in it but um I, I had a go and that's where I met Ollie and um we talked I don't even know how long it was yeah, well not a very long time we uh, like, yeah so we like progressed on to like talking on WhatsApp and um we uh, established that there was a, a connection so um Ollie worked with my older brother when they were like 18 they worked at a supermarket together and they all went on like disgusting lads holidays together and like he was like he was a notorious friend he was a really bad influence on my older brother <laughs> so we hadn't met but I knew who he was I was like there was a moment where I was like oh my god are you that Ollie that he went to Ibiza with and this thing happened and he was like yeah like I don't even remember at the time he's saying to me 
probably don't probably don't tell him that we started talking like just yet. <laughs> like, okay, that's that sounds that sounds ominous. But yes, there's a little connection. Um, and then you um, you pushed um, a couple of times for us to like go on a, go on a, go on a day and. I I was really busy. I was using that as an excuse. I didn't want to meet anybody, but I know you asked a couple of times. I sort of pushed back a little bit, and it never kind of really went anywhere. Um, and I remember you called me out and said, um, "I can't remember this." But <laughs> yeah, well, yes, I can. yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah, no, I don't remember. I remember because my attention got drawn back to you when I finished GYS, and I went. I remembered all of this that had happened. So it made me look at it very differently after I'd finished the course. So, um, yeah, so it didn't go anywhere. Um, and I think you kind of really obviously said, like, I've been on a date with somebody else. Um, are we just talking? Are we going to meet up? And I got really defensive. I thought at the time, I remember thinking, OK, if you've met someone, great for you. Like, off you go. And we stopped talking. But I still followed him on Instagram and hadn't really thought about it seen anything for like literally that whole two years and then when I finished GYS and um was more like aware of signs and things he popped up on my newsfeed um talking about um something that I've been talking about I can't even remember what it was now no that wasn't the first thing okay. that wasn't the first thing <laughs> there's something else first and I thought oh I haven't seen his face for a long time that's really strange like had a look saw like You've gotten sober in that time, like you were coaching now. Um, I'm really into fitness as well. And I thought, hmm, why wasn't I interested in like two years ago? That feels like it would be a really good fit. But okay, didn't really think anything of it. And um, I was having a chat with one of my friends a couple of days later. Um, and she was talking about me being quite intimidating to men sometimes because um, she'd like of having big dick energy. And it was a bit of a joke between us. And she was like, it doesn't matter that you're a woman. Like, you've got it and you need someone else that's got it I'm not joking the next day he did a post all about how someone had told him the day before that he had big dick energy <laughs> I know and I was like okay that's really I was like well I've never even heard anyone else say that before she said it to me but I was like I've never heard that yeah well wow. yeah it's like quiet confidence basically mm -hmm. and I was like oh that's a is that a synchronicity or am I and I thought no we'll leave that we'll carry on so that was the first big one that made me think that's really strange that that's happened um and then a couple uh, there was more kept happening like every day was like posting things about um like being like really into like fitness and stuff and, and I thought okay well, we'll leave it and then there was one a couple of weeks later where he did a really vulnerable lovely honest video about how more men need to be honest with themselves that they kind of go out, out and I'm paraphrasing you now they go out looking for sex but they really want connection and it was like lovely and I thought oh my god you've got to do it you've just got to message him and say sorry for being an absolute ass two years ago um so I did so all I did was just like watched it and thought just like it was on my conscience that there was somebody that was kind of this nice that I'd pretty much ghosted a couple of years ago. So um, I did. So I just messaged him and said, along the lines of, um, it's nice to see that you've done sort of a lot of work on yourself. I have as well. Um, oh, he didn't follow me back on Instagram either. So that was really awkward. He'd unfollowed me at some point. 
and um, I saw that and thought it's fine I just want to apologize and um, I said like I wasn't very nice to you two years ago I feel like I owe you a bit of apology and just left it at that so it wasn't like I wasn't like sneakily trying to start a conversation or like you know like post posting lots of stuff to get anyone's attention or anything I mean even if I wanted to I couldn't because he'd unfollowed me anyway but it wasn't like that I just I felt like I went back and like looked at the conversation before and stuff and thought you really weren't very nice to somebody there. So I just said, sorry, and like left it there. But you didn't wait to be left there, did you? No. <laughs> so it was really nice because we started like talking. He asked me what work I'd done and stuff. We talked quite a lot about AA and the similarities between that kind of 12-step program and what I'd been doing. And um, it was quite nice because opening a conversation that honestly um you know when like you said okay well what have you been working on uh, I guess you thought I've been through AA to start off with but um it was yeah it was nice because um I could tell the truth and say like I've done some quite um like extensive work on some childhood stuff and things like that and it was a it was a nice way to start a really honest open conversation with somebody mm-hmm. um who's kind of on the same page and has done the same sort of thing and obviously um it came up that you'd stopped dating and focused on yourself as well we just got on really really well and it was, it was the right time yeah yeah it really was and um we ended up going for a nice covid safe walk <laughs> But what a lovely time to meet somebody because we we literally did we like we went for a uh, we went for a walk it was absolutely chucking it down with rain like I didn't I don't know if we can swear I nearly said a swear word it was so wet the day we met up we met up in my hometown like hoods up couldn't see each other but we like walked and talked for like three hours in the rain and just got on so well laughed all day like. You just did a big loop of my town, didn't we? And then, like, went our separate ways. And I remember thinking straight afterwards, oh, my God, he's going to be my boyfriend. And I was like, how has this happened? And I just knew straight away. Oh, I love that. I love that. Beautiful. Ollie, your version of events. <laughs> my version's a lot shorter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, men's always is. <laughs> yeah, so... Um... I know we've been date, we'd been messaging, but we never met on Tinder. Um, and when we were messaging, I was kind of seeing a different girl, so I was a bit of a rat anyway. So when I received the message out of the blue, apologising, I automatically thought, "What's she apologising for?" <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just tell people that Melissa slid into my DMs because, you know, I'm getting around on social media a bit and she slid into my DMs and started messaging me and it went from there. So, <laughs> so that's how sure it was. But in honesty, yeah, I was quite interested in what work when she opened with kind of an amends, which mm. I thought, Hang on a minute. What's what kind of work? Because I kind of I've kind of done amends in my life mm-hmm. to people, and the way it was written was kind of like an amends. So I was like, hmm, what kind of work? So it kind of just went from there, really. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was just kind of when someone says they've done some work, I'm that kind of person now that wants to know what kind of work they've done. So 
Mm. And then I followed her back and she was still fit. So <laughs> handy, <laughs> handy. Yeah. So what so. was it, Ollie, that made you fall for her? Oh, God. Ooh. Um, I just felt that I could talk to her more than anything. She's got a beautiful smile. I like a girl with a nice smile, but and she got a nice bum. <laughs> <laughs> but, the trifecta. Yeah, but best thing was that I could talk to her and I felt open enough to talk to her about anything. And I didn't feel judged about my past or recovery. Mm. I think because we'd both done such amount of work individually and we'd kind of accepted our insecurities, I think that's the big thing, that we're both open enough to talk about our insecurities. Mm -hmm. And it's having that connection that we both know that we weren't perfect. Like, I think when people start dating now that people automatically think they're perfect for each other. And Mm -hmm. we both know that we're not perfect for each other, but it can work Mm -hmm. as long as we communicate with each other. And it was just that communication, like the first couple of dates, we were just walking and talking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I got nervous holding her hand for the first time. Mm -hmm. I thought that was like, that's a sign. And then when there was this time where um, we were getting back to mine and (laughs) I think it was the third date and I wanted to give you a kiss and mm-hmm. I got, I'd shat my pants. <laughs> and I darted. I literally jumped out of the car and was like, right, see you later. I didn't know what to do. Like, <laughs> and Aww. I'd never had it before. A guy that was a bit of a love rat that had accepted his insecurities was now nervous about giving someone a peck on the lips. Mm. So it's just that kind of connection we had that, has brought us closer and like now if we're both going through something we can just sit down and talk about it I think Mm. that's that's the most powerful thing that we've got we've got really strong communication Mm. um yeah and what I've heard you both say and this is like really the the whole crux of get your soulmate is is honesty like I used to be a compulsive liar the lies I told were horrific I was total love rat like really bad And the only thing that has led me to have the relationship I have today, which also is far from perfect. You know, we've been through a lot of stuff in the, God, more than six years we've been together. But it's coming back to being honest. And you can only be honest with someone else when you're honest with yourself. And that's the hardest part of it. And that's why I always say, you know, GWS is not actually about finding your soulmate. That will happen of its own accord. You can't try to find them, but you have to, that that energy that you're using to try and get someone to fall for you or just get someone, you know, to be attracted to you, whatever it is. It's like, just put that focus in on yourself. Love yourself, respect yourself, tell the truth to yourself about yourself. And then the connection that you've talked about there, which was totally authentic and organic, it does just flow and it does just come about of its own accord with, you know, even if it's some random big dick synchronicity like you guys have, which is a bizarre one. I've had many synchronicities. I've not heard that one, but I really enjoy that one. So um, as we start to round up, I've got a few kind of quick fire questions that I'm going to ask both of you. So Melissa, what love life advice would you give to your 15 year old self? Oh gosh. Um, uh, I think the most important thing would be um, don't don't think like 
you have to be perfect and don't try and be perfect and be the person that you think everybody that everybody would like that's a really big thing like owning the fact that you're not perfect and um and being really really okay with that I think Mm. that's quite heavy for a 15 year old actually isn't it well no I would have probably loved to hear that back then don't know if I would have taken it in but Uh, no (laughs) Ollie same question to you uh enjoy it oh you've only got one life so enjoy it Mm. don't do if you're going to be ashamed of it it's probably not right so follow your gut Mm. excellent love that okay (laughs) melissa what's one thing you don't want people to know about you probably that i have feelings which is so ironic that i'm here talking about this because um yeah, that's one one of the things that I have had to work really hard on is being a little bit more emotional and um, allow, yeah, accepting of love. I think. Mm. Same question to you, Ollie. What do you? What's one thing you don't want people to know about you? Um, this is really hard because I'm very open about my insecurities. I think that's what I've. What I've realised is, and especially on social media, if you hold something back, then people will pull you out on it. Mm. So instead of holding back, I'll just let it flow. So I don't know. I'm pretty, I am what you see, kind of. Mm. I don't know if there is any. Well, that's yeah. good. Shows how much work you've done yourself. Amazing. Well, Ollie, I know that you are you are very prolific on social media. So where we'll put a link to your Instagram. Is that the best place? Where, what is your Instagram? Yeah, it's at Ollie Peg, Ollie underscore Peg, P-E-G-G. Perfect. We will link that for you. Melissa, do you want people to follow you or no? No, no, no. I don't. I think I probably post seasonally on my Instagram, so there's really (laughs) nothing to look at. (laughs) Okay, so before I ask you both the final question, I just want to quickly reach out to our lovely listeners and say, now, if you want 2021 to not just be the year that COVID continued to be the thorn in our side, but as the year that you totally transformed your romantic life and fell deeply in love with you, first of all, I do hope you will join us for my incredible love coaching program that Melissa did, Get Your Soulmate, and it has helped hundreds of women from all over the world attract their dream relationship. Um, As you can hear, it worked for Melissa. And in many cases, these women have got engaged, married, pregnant, you name it, um, had little babies. I'm actually marrying um, a few because I'm a trained celebrant. So that's very exciting to see my lovely um, clients kind of come full circle. So um, enrollment is only open for a few days. And if you head to getyoursoulmate.com, we will link that in the show notes so you can find out more. So final question, my darlings. Okay, we'll start with you, Melissa. Number one piece of advice for the single women out there who are listening to this and they haven't yet met their person and are worried that they won't? Have faith that it will happen. Yeah, I think it's as as simple as that. Or have faith that it will happen and use the time that you've got yourself to become the person that you would want to date. Mm, Love that. Ollie. I'd love to know what advice you would give to single women who are worried that they're not going to meet their person or single men, anyone. Um, Be honest. Just be honest. Like, we live in such a world of diverse things that if honesty and communicate is, that's all you need to do, really. Just be honest and communicate. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it will happen. As you say, just if you've got time and you've got you've got time on your hands and you need to know and you want more reasons why you're not getting where you're getting and why you're not finding that soulmate, then use that time to look into yourself mm-hmm. because it's probably in there somewhere. And as you said at the start, it's probably something to do from childhood. Always is. Well, you two have been the most wonderful guests. Thank you so much for coming on. I believe this is our first ever couple that I've interviewed, and maybe I'm going to do it more because I've really enjoyed it. It's so lovely to hear a modern, a very modern love story, complete <laughs> with the words "big dick" a couple of times. Love that. <laughs> so, thank you so much, my loves, and thanks for listening. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. I really do hope these episodes help you find dates that become mates and flings that become things with men who are ready, willing, and able to actually commit. Please be sure to like, share, subscribe, and leave me a review if you're getting value from these episodes. This helps the podcast rank higher so it can reach other people who want or need the support. To have your question answered, send it over to podcast at persialawson.com and we'll get to it ASAP. See you next week, gorgeous. I release a new episode every Tuesday. But until then, remember, love is coming for you. So surrender to the festival that is life on planet Earth and trust that what misses you was not meant for you and what's meant for you will not miss you, including your soulmate. <laughs>